0: Coming up on Two-Faced Wrestling Talk.
1: We revisit the historic weekend in Chicago with our discussion about All-In and StarCast. One of the performers in All-In is sporting a new title belt in Impact, plus a surprising heel turn by another All-In wrestler. On Raw, Braun Strowman has some new allies while the Shield is back together. Is that a good thing? Our extended discussion centers around the NWA and the driving force behind 10 pounds of gold. Plus, much more.
0: WrestlingInc.com brings you Two-Faced Wrestling Talk, the podcast that goes beyond WWE and goes in-depth on ROH, NJPW, Impact, and more. Also featuring fun pop culture and wrestling crossovers, listener Q&As, and extended discussions about wrestling topics past, present, and future. Now, here's your host, Kelsey.
1: Hi, and welcome to Two-Face Wrestling Talk. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Paul.
2: That's me. It
1: is. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been a great week of wrestling, including a very historic event, All In. My favorite thing I may have ever seen live. But, you know, All In is sadly all over. And it's also all that anyone can talk about. But before we talk about it ourselves... Let's talk about some other stuff.
2: You can find us at TwoFacePod.com. That's how you can find all of our audio platforms. And, of course, we send out the show and send out all kinds of good information and polls at TwoFacePod on Twitter. And we want to thank our good friends at St. Arnold. And we have an announcement coming up uh, a little later in the show uh, regarding some event with us and St. Arnold here in New Orleans next week.
1: Yep, that should be really exciting. Um, but let's get into the uh, nitty-gritty here.
2: All right. Let's start with All In. And uh, it really, uh, really was just a great show. I mean, you know, it was one of those things, all the hype leading up to it. Could it could it match what everybody was expecting it to be? And I, I think it it exceeded expectations.
1: I think it more than exceeded expectations. It could have fell flat. It could have been... Built up to be so huge, and then everyone disappointed. Not one person in that arena was disappointed. You could tell, and you could tell by the energy the whole night. The crowd kept up the energy literally for hours straight. And you know, we went back and watched it. I watched the majority of it, you watched the whole thing. I think a big takeaway is you know, maybe viewers at home thought it started slow but keep in mind that we saw, you know, the zero hour. I don't know if every single person got to see that if they right. don't have WGN or not. I don't know. But that was really really entertaining and the crowd was super into it. So if it looked like the beginning of all in on Fight TV or on Honor Club, it wasn't, you know, the crowd wasn't energetic. They were just tired because we literally spent an <laughs> hour screaming. That Battle Royal was awesome.
2: Yeah, I, I think they did make a little bit of a mistake for what they made the opening match. I had no problem with that match being on the card, but I think they should have started with one of their sort of marquee matches. That's one thing WWE does on their pay per views is they make sure one of their better matches is towards the beginning to start the show to kick off the show, you know. And I I I, I almost wish you know they had put the Chicago Street Fight or something like that to start the show. Um, to really, I think capture the energy for people at home, you know how good the energy in the building was, but uh, no, the, the energy was great there, and and uh, there was just a buzz. It was it was awesome.
1: It was, and I don't think, I don't think I can recall ever feeling that way. I had goosebumps as soon as you know the WGN part started zero hour. It's like the crowd erupted, and it was the loudest roar I've ever heard, and i don't know it was special and i'm so glad we were there to see it live and i mean another part of the show that had an insane roar was the nwa world's title match that was insane the loudness of the crowd when nick and cody just faced off just stood in the ring almost like rock and hogan that's what it felt like
2: yeah i mean uh and that's really where I guess we should start our discussion of All In, because that really was, even though it was in the middle of the show, I think it was the apex of the show as far as emotion uh, for so many reasons. It started when Cody was going to the ring. I mean, you could see the emotion in his eyes. He the was about cr- to cry. The crowd was roaring. I kind of felt emotional about it, because it was, you just know that as he walked down the aisle, he's like, this is it. It really did all come together, and this is incredible.
1: Yeah, it was so special as a fan, and if you had been watching, I can't kind of plug this enough, NWA's YouTube channel and their YouTube like mini-documentary series called 10 Pounds of Gold, it added so many layers to this match. It had a great build-up and a great setup, and I think that added to it. But also, Cody Rhodes, his YouTube channel, they had been putting out a little series called All Us. That really added to it, too.
2: Yeah, it, it, it was a great build-up all the way to this. And again, you know, you wondered if it would match up when they got in the ring. And, uh, you know, the bell rings, they square off. Um, like you said, the crowd is roaring. They're kind of taking it all in. That was really awesome. And then the match itself was great. You know, it was a really good match. Um, you know, there was one part that we're both in agreement that was clunky, and I'm sure most people agree, Uh the part where Cody blades himself and it doesn't take the first time or whatever happened, and he crawls back under the table. Now, it was less noticeable for us live what was going on. Yeah. But when you went back and watched it on on, on the broadcast, it wasn't good because, you know, he sits up, he looks at DDP, and then he crawls back under the table. Yeah. So that, that was a little awkward. But, you know, beyond that, I mean, the match itself was great. Brandy getting involved.
1: I thought that was the most emotional part, and we're going to play my interview with David Lagana in a little while, and he talks about how important that was and how kind of a key part of the match that was because Brandy and Cody's relationship, that was something that was highlighted very heavily on the YouTube channel leading into this match, and that moment, it just paid off because of all the build that they had been doing leading in. It was special. It just showed you how much she cared about Cody winning the belt to lay on top of him and get elbowed. That, I don't know. It was awesome. And the roar of the crowd, like the boos and the <laughs> chants after that was great and just a testament to how everyone was feeling for Cody and they really wanted him to win. And really, gosh, the YouTube channel, I think, did a great job at building all this up because as Lagana has said in other interviews, you know, a year ago – Aldis versus Cody is something that nobody thought that they would want to see. Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of match is that on paper, really? A year ago without this build, it's been so fantastic and well done. Without the build, it would mean nothing. But they built both those guys up. I mean, Cody was already built up, but there was a story built in around it through the YouTube. But, you know, Aldis... He was basically retired. He Mm -hmm. was basically out of the game. And and now he seems more relevant than ever. That's not easy to do, to build up somebody like that, to rebuild them.
2: And then we get to the end of the match, and Cody wins the belt and the emotion there. And you know he was thinking about Dad, and it was... uh, But
1: not just Dad, but the show itself that he's putting on the show. What a feat. He did it. It came together.
2: Yeah, but I think the end... Was all about the belt, in my opinion. The yeah. the end emotion was all about the belt and holding the belt that that his dad held and all that was involved with that. I think, I think that was a really special moment in wrestling. And you can you can criticize wrestling for whatever reason. That's genuine emotion, and uh, it's you know following in his father's
1: footsteps. Let's talk about genuine emotion for a second, because I think that's why All In succeeded in the first place. I think that's why they sold everything out without any matches announced, really, um, except for Aldis and Cody, which, again, like, when they first announced it, it didn't have this level of storytelling. It only, you know, grew and grew and grew as time went on and the show got closer. But I feel like people were so invested in the people involved in the show that that's what made the whole thing successful. And you just don't see authentic emotion very much these days in any form of entertainment but in this show i think it was very apparent not just in this nwa match but in a lot of the people involved in the show like the young bucks like even hangman page i mean they had a silly story around him but when you watch being the elite and you see them just you know working behind the scenes it it all was very apparent how much this meant to them this show
2: well you mentioned hangman page so let's talk about that match um What a brutal, crazy spot match. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Scary. uh, The the hangman throwing Joey Janela off the the ramp, where it looked from our perspective, and I never really saw a good replay on the broadcast, that they barely caught the table with Joey there. So that could have been bad, or or Joey could have caught his head on the corner of the table. Um. But then uh, right a passage at the end off the ladder.
1: That was insane. <laughs> I was screaming, no, no, this can't be. He can't be doing this. Like, he's, you know, he's going to wiggle out. They're going to not do the spot. No, they did the spot. It was really scary. Yeah. <laughs> awesome spot, though. Really yeah. turned out well. Yeah,
2: everything about it was really good. Uh, you know, Penelope Ford's involvement was good. Um, she did a couple of high spots that I thought were awesome as well. And uh, the whole match was great.
1: I want to highlight something because obviously we didn't notice this when we were there in person because we couldn't hear the broadcast, but I don't want to forget to mention the chemistry between Ian Rickaboni and Excalibur. I mean, I've always been a fan of PWG. We watch the DVDs all the time, but Excalibur is always paired with, like, Chuck Taylor. I'm not taking anything away from Chuck Taylor, but <laughs> obviously it's a more comedic right. you know, duo when they're both together, but Excalibur working with Ian... It was a lot more serious than I've ever heard Excalibur before. I mean, I've heard him be serious, like, when they first opened the show at that venue that wasn't the Rosita venue, that we were at that Mm -hmm. show. He, like, you know, said how much it meant to them to be trying out this new venue, thank you. That was serious, but calling the match, the matches, multiple matches, very seriously, that was awesome and he just had a great chemistry with ian and they flowed perfectly back and forth they weren't competing it didn't feel like they were clashing and but i know you've got a lot to say about no that. no
2: that's exactly what i was going to say because uh, with a three-man booth and you've got two guys who are used to doing play-by-play it could they could have very easily stepped all over all each other all night and i don't really remember many times in watching the broadcast it was like ian handed it off to excalibur and excalibur handed it back and Don Callis would jump in when needed. And, uh, you know, even some of the guest commentators they worked in. I mean, it was a great broadcast. I mean, yeah, th- there were some technical glitches and things like that. But as far as the broadcast team together, that was really good.
1: Yeah, and it could have been clunky because, like, three man booths are not my favorite. As you just said, not your favorite. But it worked in this instant. I and mean, Callis is one of my favorite right. color guys. So I-, I knew he would be, like, you know, a great flavor to add into the broadcast every now and then. But really. Ian and Excalibur did a great job just batting back and forth because, like you said, it could have been, been bad just talking over each other. Luckily, that didn't happen.
2: Uh, well, let's talk about a couple other matches. Uh, what other matches really jumped out to you?
1: Well, Obviously, I really loved Kenny and Pentagon Jr., which and we th- had that crazy surprise, too, at the end. Right,
2: which I thought was going to be the best match of the show. That's the one I was most looking forward to.
1: I'll say that, okay, I'm going to address the match that I thought was going to be the best. I thought that Amel and Daniels was going to be so great, and obviously it was good, and they did a good job, but it wasn't the best match no. on the card. I thought Daniels was really going to carry him to like an amazing match. I really had faith in that, but Daniels did great. But you know some some awkward parts. Like let's talk about the table spot that at yeah. first I thought was a mess up, but you kind of explained it how it could have been considered a different. Well,
2: I'm I'm I guess I'm kind of justifying it because I'm such a big Christopher Daniels fan. But it was awkward when he just plops down on the table. But then I thought, well, you could justify it by saying maybe he was setting Stephen Amell up by laying on the table and
1: wanting him to elbow him. Yeah, and, and then, then move, move out, out the, the last way. minute.
2: So. I guess you can justify that spot if it wasn't a botch that that was the plan.
1: (laughs) And it really didn't bother me that much regardless. I mean, Steven Amell still looked really good for not being a wrestler and for kind of just having a few days of training. And apparently, like, he didn't get in the ring that much. I was under the impression that he'd been training a lot for this, but they claimed he didn't. But he he really looked good. That coast-to-coast was impressive. Mm -hmm. That's not easy. It's not easy to do. I yeah. couldn't do it, no. obviously. <laughs> I couldn't even go halfway. I'm so <laughs> short. But yeah, that wasn't my favorite, but I still think they did a good job with what you know, they could possibly do.
2: Well, you mentioned the surprise uh, at the end of the Kenny-Pentagon match, and it was funny from our seats. After uh, Kenny had beaten Pentagon, lights go down, and uh, I see Pentagon get back in the ring, and I jokingly said to somebody around us, Oh, Pentagon screwed up. He wasn't supposed to leave the ring. And he went back in and laid back down. And then obviously it turns out that it's Jericho dressed as Pentagon. But, you know, with the lights down, I thought Pentagon had messed up something and, and crawled back into the ring. And, of course, it turned out to be the great surprise.
1: Yeah, that was so funny. And I actually heard other people saying it's Jericho just from the walk cuz other people could see him walking and they're like that's Jericho's walk. <laughs> it's crazy how, you know, how well known his movements are, yeah. but yes, yeah, some people guessed it. We were just at not at the right angle to see the walk and we just saw the lights go out and him roll back in. Right. But man, the crowd went insane when they realized it was Jericho.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've heard some criticism that it was uh too predictable and it's Cheap. too much selling the cruise kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know, I get that. It I get that criticism, but it, doesn't, it didn't bother me that much, and I didn't really think about it that much in the time, so I'm okay with that. Um,
1: Let's talk about another, I think, really awesome match, Marty versus Okada. Really over-delivered because, I mean, I thought it was going to be good, but it was really one of the best matches of the whole night.
2: I thought it started slow, um, you know, which concerned me a little bit, and... Uh, we later learned that there were some issues with uh, that match from a timing perspective that ended up affecting the rest of the show. So they could have lopped off some of the boring part at the beginning. But yeah, I wouldn't
1: say it's boring. It I mean, pi- most Okada matches start slow. Yeah,
2: it picked up, and I, my favorite thing in the whole thing was when Okada mocked Skrull by going to the crowd two oh five.
1: That was great. That was that tremendous.
2: Really was. And then the exchange of rainmakers, and it was it was a good match.
1: Uh, I don't want to forget. I think it was kind of cool. We got some Okada Bucks, and we were not on the floor, but how we got the Okada Bucks, and I'll show one right now on YouTube, you'll be able to see. It's an official Okada Buck from All In, and so excited to get it. We didn't grab it ourselves. Um, A photographer, his name's James Muscle White, and he is basically the guy behind Portrait of a Wrestler, who we've talked about before. He did the Jimmy Havoc Calendar. He's done, you know, Marty Skrull's entrance video, actually. He helped work on that. He's done a lot of things, and I feel like he should be featured more. He grabbed some Okada bucks and gave them to me, but we also had the opportunity to interview him during StarCast, so I'd like to play that for you now because he's a very interesting guy, and actually... There's this picture going around of Cody holding up the NWA world's heavyweight title.
2: Amazing picture. Yeah,
1: it's going to, I think, live on forever. Everyone's going to have that moment just cemented in their brain because of that beautiful picture. Who took the picture? Our good friend, James Muscle White. So let's hear from him right now. It's Kelsey and I'm here with James. He's such a talented photographer. He does a lot of great work. He's taken so many pictures of so many wrestlers including Marty Skrull. He was here today at StarCast taking a picture of the way in Talk about some of your work and where we can find your work.
3: Uh, portraitofarrestler.com that's where I take my, most of my pictures. Mainly of the UK indie scene which as you know is amazing at the moment. Uh, really really interesting scene. Got huge stars out there. Wrestling regularly week to week. People like Pete Dunne, Trent Seven, uh, Marty when he can. Uh, Jimmy Havoc, who's my favorite. I know that you've got some of my Jimmy Havoc work on I your ha- fridge.
1: I do. I have the Jimmy Havoc calendar, and it's so cool. There's all these little nods to horror movies. Mm-hmm. Please talk about the inspiration behind that and then like the photo shoot you did to complete that calendar.
3: Well, it's all Jimmy, basically. Jimmy's uh, like he's super into his horror movies, uh, his scary films, and we thought rather than just doing a calendar of his, like our favorite images of him, it would be really good to theme every month around a different horror movie. So we took him to we did like uh the, the descent which we spoke about uh we did uh oh nightmare on elm street was one where we sort of dressed him up as Freddy kruger got you know got like the, the big glove and we had the stripe jumper and everything then we did another one on like a vintage ones like psycho as well where we had him sort of like attacking you in the shower from like that point of view uh so we changed it about but it's just something that was super different and like i don't know what we're going to do next year we're literally in the planning stages now as in we had a beer the other day, and he said, we should do another calendar. That's how far that planning went. Um, so we've got to give it some thought, but we're going to do something unique for uh, 2019 as well.
1: Well, I'll keep my eye on that, because I definitely want another one for next year. So many great images, and... What is your favorite image? I mean, I know you must have taken thousands and thousands of photographs. Do you have a favorite or a couple of favorites?
3: Oh, man, it's, it's difficult because I'm always trying to do different things, so I'm not trying to do the same thing. Um, my, my work, like, when I started it, was all black and white on dark backgrounds, and there's a picture of a, of a guy called Pastor William Eva. Pastor William Eva. William, of course, short for Bill. Pastor Bill Eva. Uh, and he plays sort of like a wrestling pastor which is lovely and we've got a, a shot of him all muscly and grizzled and he's got, he's got his trunks on, he's got his big beard and his big bushy hair and I just, that's one of my favourite images and it's one of the only images that's received a formal complaint at the NEC Photography Conference in the UK.
1: Why did it receive a complaint?
3: (laughs) Because of the placement of the crucifix within the image. You'd have to see the image to understand. Uh, I didn't see it. Uh, I shot the image. Uh, The person who who saw it complained about it. They saw it. So who's the one with the really dirty mind? Not me. (laughs)
1: Oh jeez, well your equipment must be pretty intense to take like the type of photographs you do Talk about the equipment you use to make these beautiful images Well
3: I'm um, luckily enough to be supported by Canon in what I do We recorded a video for them earlier this year which you can find online uh, Where I talk about the project and talk about what I do I find Canon products work really really well for me And it's just, (sighs) a lot of people ask me what equipment I use I only use Canon because I chose Canon out of a shop window when I was 16 years old Because it was the only silver camera in the shop okay that's why I chose it okay it's about photography is about using light seeing light and using the camera that you've got to capture it as best you can not the quality or how much your lens cost
1: good point there and you know a lot of people might not know you did the video package for Marty Skrull. That's one of my favorite video packages like ever. Like when he comes in, when, in his entrance, that thing playing in the background, that was all you. Please talk about the inspiration behind that, why you chose, You know the shots you chose. It's one of my favorite things ever.
3: Thank you. It's, uh,
1: it, it, you say it's
3: all me, it's not. It, it, it's kind of a little bit me and a little bit Marty. It's a two-way street, it's a creative process. We knew that we needed to, when he went to Ring of Honor, we had to make an impact. We had to do something different, and we had to make him stand out from the rest. And Marty goes the extra mile all the time. The theme music, he sought a guy out to do that for him, to create that for him, and they worked together to create something different. Once we had the theme music in place, we could get ideas for the entrance video. And because it was about him entering a new sort of, you know, a new new wrestling arena, a new wrestling ring, we just had him suddenly appear with the umbrella on the ropes, the hat stand in the ring, You know, the top hat, the jacket, and then he stood there. And we've created this character, the villain. He's not a good guy, he's not a bad guy, he's the villain.
1: I love the entrance and I love the video because it's so perfect, it works hand in hand and it's really perfect with the music too. So that was awesome, thank you for that information. And finally, this is such a huge weekend for wrestling. You know, I think with the Bucks and Cody, and Marty's a part of that too, what they're all doing is really revolutionary for the wrestling business. Talk about what it means to be here photographing, like, all this stuff going on at Starcast and then at All In.
3: It's legitimately the greatest honor I think that I've had, like, since I started the project four years ago, to be invited to sort of come here and document things as they happen and and the more i walk around like starcast and 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 meet vendors and meet the guys who do the podcasts and meet the guys like you know like yourself and also the the wrestlers that are around the industry you sort of almost feel a changing of the guard and you almost feel like this is an entirely new generation of, of 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 the way that wrestling is is absorbed by the fans um it's it's an absolute privilege to be here
1: Beautifully spoken, beautifully shot photographs. Thanks so much for your time, James. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Great interview with him and uh, some amazing pictures. Again, that Cody image will be an image that, you know, I think will live in the NWA annals, if nothing else, as a signature picture.
1: Really awesome. I love that picture. Great job, James.
2: Yeah, hopefully he gets rich off that. (laughs)
1: And thanks for the Okada books.
2: And uh, for the great interview as well. So, Let's uh, wrap up the show itself, the Young Bucks match, uh, teaming with Ibushi, going against Phoenix and uh, Rey Mysterio.
1: And Bandito. And Bandito.
2: Um, great match. Uh, unfortunately, it got cut short, as we mentioned. There were some timing issues for the show, so they had to cut the match short.
1: Yeah, and I, but being there live, it didn't feel like no, it was short. No, it it didn't. didn't feel like anything went wrong until Matt literally said it after the show went off the air. Let's talk about the show going off the air, because that's something that not everyone saw. There might be videos circulating, obviously, people might have seen already, but it was really heartfelt. They all said they're going to stick together. That's kind of special. I'm glad to hear that. And it really sounds like they're trying to tease an all-in, too, but who knows if that's really going to happen? I hope so.
2: Well, if you go back to the weigh-in at StarCast, which we're going to talk about StarCast here in a second, Matt Jackson says he's already ready to do this for the next 50 years, so... Uh, Nick t- tried to tell him to slow his roll a little bit, but uh, I think there there there's no doubt there's going to be a second one and a third one. I mean this it, it, it we'll was see. it was too much of a success. But you're right, the show going off the air. I noticed it because literally their music hits and you see on the jumbotron the end credits, and you knew I, at least I did from a TV perspective. Wow, they literally just got that match in before they they, like lost, three seconds. They, before they lost their satellite window or whatever it was, so that was pretty crazy, but there was lots of stuff after they went off the air about all of their heartfelt thanks to everybody, and uh, it was good stuff. Uh, the wives were in there, and it was good.
1: Speaking of wives, if you guys haven't checked out last week's episode of our podcast, I'm really proud of it. I think it came out really well. We did a ton of research all about the Young Bucks and how they've changed the business, and... We did that podcast episode live at StarCast before All In took place. So I think, you know, things, I think they've changed the business even <laughs> more now after All In. But we actually interviewed one of their wives. And that's Matt's wife, Dana Massey. Yeah. And it was an awesome interview. So yeah. thank you for that.
2: Yeah. Some good heartfelt stuff from her and how they've uh, changed the business. And we did that on Podcast Dro at StarCast. That's where we did our show last week. Uh, we hope you listened to it or uh, watched it on YouTube and could see the merch stands behind us and and all that. So let's talk about StarCast. And yeah, we were so busy, we didn't get to do as much as we really wanted to, but the few things we did, uh, I I really liked. We saw that movie screening of that documentary called Dark Side of the Ring, all about Bruiser Brody's uh, murder in Puerto Rico.
1: That was probably one of my favorite things we did all weekend at StarCast, because the film... Well, I call it a film. It's actually going to be a television series, but alone, standalone, it's like a mini film. And so beautifully done, beautifully shot. You know, a lot of recreations in there, but I thought it worked. And the guy they got to play, Bruiser Brody, and you only saw him from the back, but he looked just like him. Like the hair flowing, the walk, just, God, so well done. And then afterwards, we heard from the creators of the show, and they were really invested in this story. And they post a lot of good questions. We also heard from Dutch, who's in the, the show, the episode we saw.
2: Yes, uh, some of the stuff he said he had not even heard uh, before, till he watched the, uh, he the documentary. He had never seen it. Yeah.
1: He had never seen that episode until that screening, when we all saw it together as a collective.
2: Right. Uh, and so, that's something to look out for on the uh, channel Viceland, uh, coming out in 2019. I believe they said there's six or eight of them. Uh there's going to be one about the Von Erichs, but uh, this one was really good. And then that same day, we uh, saw the uh, the uh, weigh-in, which you know was a, a lot of fun. Um,
1: People were really into it. They were, and we got some great footage of you know Cody and Aldis matching up. And when we play the Lagana interview later, the whole goal was they wanted a big fight feel to that match. And I think you can go all the way back to NWA their YouTube and the 10 Pounds of Gold series. But another thing that made it feel like a big fight was that weigh-in and how intensely they looked at each other and just stared daggers really at each other and then they legit weighed themselves. Like, you know, they took off their most of their clothes and like a real fight mm-hmm. had a weigh-in. Beautifully done. It really kind of added, I think, to the aura around the match and to the excitement that everyone felt for the match.
2: StarCast as a whole, uh, just kind of a fun experience. We we got our, our great artwork from uh, Eric Hodson. He had a stand down in the merch table, and hopefully you can see this. We'll obviously put a picture of it on YouTube. But tremendous original artwork. We got a chance to meet a lot of great fans. We have uh, t- took some questions that we're going to put in the show. Uh, we gave a couple of these away, and these are going to be future giveaways as well. Uh, but it was also just fun to walk around, and Hey, there's Jeff Jarrett. Hey, there's uh, DDP. Hey, there's the Briscoes. Hey, there's Rosemary. Hey, there's Ron Simmons. You know, yeah. it, it was awesome.
1: Yeah, I saw Rosemary in the bathroom. Actually, she was, uh, you know, washing her hands and looking in the mirror. <laughs> I just walk in like it's normal. She's got her face paint on. And it's just, it's surreal kind of. So many wrestlers like invading the hotel. Literally, that's who made up the hotel was the wrestlers and all the fans Book the you know the whole hotel right pretty cool uh, we actually interviewed DDP you mentioned him uh, he was super nice he's like, you better do you know thirty days of DDP yoga and review it so maybe we'll have to yeah. do that <laughs>
2: yeah well we'll have to get on that uh, and you can see that interview on wrestling Inc along with every interview you did um, not as many as we wanted to do, and I'll talk a little bit about that uh, in closing out the show yeah anything else you want to add about Starcast?
1: well, you know. I all in. <laughs> I wish we could have gone to more panels. Yeah. So many things I told people I was looking forward to, but we were so busy working, and I was editing a lot. So we did an interview, and I was trying to edit it there, but I kept getting interrupted and kept meeting people, which I love. That was one of my favorite things, actually, about StarCast. Even though I got to miss – I had to miss the panels. It was okay because I got to meet a lot of people, and that's really special connection. That's what kind of – I think being a wrestling fan is all about, connection with the wrestlers, connection with the product – feeling emotion towards the product and wrestlers, but also connection with other fans. And we actually got to connect with other podcasters as well. That was kind of cool. So that was really special. I got to take a lot of pictures with some cool peeps. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we missed out on some panels, like the, the Andy Kaufman panel. I'm kind of bummed about missing that. Um, the... Death to, of WCW. To, yep, that you was wanted the one I that. wanted to
2: go to the most. You wanted to go to Macaulay Culkin's podcast. God, I missed everything did,
1: with Macaulay. Yeah, and also the Elite Karaoke Papa Buck Jam Session. Missed that because that's when we were recording our podcast, right. and it took us forever. And that's when we got the Dana interview because right. nobody was around. Everybody was at the Elite Karaoke and the Papa Buck Jam Session. But you know, we did what we had to do. Maybe you know, if we do it again, if there is another one, we'll try to fit in some more panels and some more fun, and not just worry about working the whole time we'll see
2: well one of the matches we didn't talk about at an all-in uh is going to lead us into our impact discussion great fatal four-way between
1: amazing Britt
2: baker chelsea green tessa blanchard and uh madison rain an amazing fatal four-way and we had found out going into that match that in last week's impact episode tessa blanchard defeated sue young and Allie to win the uh, Impact Knockouts Division Championship. Uh, first, if you want to talk about that fatal four-way, go ahead. But also, what do you think of Tessa Blanchard as the, the Impact Champion?
1: I love Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> I think putting the belt on her is the right decision. And how we found out about her, you know, obtaining the <laughs> belt was just from some random person screaming out behind us, talking about, you know, oh, look, there's Tessa. She just won a herd. Yeah. So we kind of heard it, you know, the scuttlebutt through the crowd. But I think she's so talented. And her entrance at All In, I don't know, something about it, the music and just the way she carries herself, I don't know, it, it kind of gave me chills because she's such a force. And you could tell she's a serious, serious wrestler, and she really cares about what she's doing, plays a great heel. But she also had a feel-good moment, you know, hugging her dad mm-hmm. on the way to the ring. That was special. She even went back after she kind of came all the way, almost all the way down. She went back to hug him again. Really special.
2: It's funny, as I watched that impact triple threat match that you won the belt, I, I wrote in my notes I wish I had seen that before I had seen the Fatal Four way at all in. Because the Fatal the Triple Threat match was good. The Fatal Four way match was so good with those those four ladies doing some great stuff.
1: I think the the highlight of the match was probably Chelsea Green. Absolutely. The the hot mess character is so amazing. I love her character. And she had some amazing sequences. She just was on point, didn't mess up anything. Really, really love her. I think we can't forget, you know, Britt Baker, obviously the least experienced out of all the women, but still did a great job. And I loved her ode to Adam Cole with his old theme song, which I do miss sometimes. I know everyone loves the Undisputed Era theme song. I kind of miss his old theme song sometimes. I also loved how she kind of flaunts being a dentist. You know, she's got the brains, but she also can do stuff in the ring i love that you know she's got the power but she's got the intelligence love that mix and she was wearing her white you know kind of doctor's coat but for the ring and the
2: joke is that she can kick your teeth out and then fix your teeth yeah they (laughs) talked
1: about that at the (laughs) weigh-in that was awesome (laughs) exactly
2: um circling back to impact do we think tessa is going to have a long title run now
1: i would hope so i think if they're smart they should keep it on her for a little while um I don't know. I mean, what is a decent title run for TV? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know.
2: I, I, I would expect her to at least carry it into the pay per view in October for sure. I
1: would hope so. I mean, that's not even that long away. No, no yes, I know, so I,
2: which is I, unbelievable. Just think about it, that. We're almost.
1: To me, a long one's a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see her hold it for a while, but we'll have to see.
2: Uh, still talking about last week's impact a little bit. Uh, great match between Phoenix and Cage, and then after the match, Ove attacks the Lucha Brothers. Brian Cage comes to their rescue, so that was that was kind of fun to see too. And but the Cage Phoenix match was awesome.
1: You know how I feel about Sammy Callahan. He was at Starcast actually. I saw him, but uh, I would have loved to have said hello. I don't think he was, uh, you know, doing a, an event just by himself but I did see him walking around, Mm -hmm. and I wish he would have been involved in All In. He's one of my favorites. As you know, I think he's really the star of Impact. I mean, you've got other great players involved like Phoenix and Pentagon, but someone who's just true Impact, I feel like Sammy Callahan takes the cake. He's amazing.
2: And then one guy who was not All In uh, in the -the over-the-budget Battle Royal was Moose, and uh, in last week's show, he is paired up with Eddie Edwards. They're going against Killer Cross and... uh, austin aries and killer cross acts like he's going to betray austin aries and then moose turns on eddie edwards which is a little puzzling that all of a sudden he's helping austin aries after they just had the pay-per-view uh recently that battle so i wonder if they're going to play it off as he's concussed or something i don't know (laughs) uh but it's kind of a strange heel turn there to go after austin aries
1: that is a strange turn but you know Maybe they got something planned long-term that we don't know or can't foresee. It might work out in the end and be very interesting.
2: And then quickly on this week's impact.
1: I think my favorite part was when Dave Christ was mocking Sammy Callahan, and it was so badly done and ridiculous, but I really loved it. And Callahan, like usual, is my favorite part of the whole show, so I don't know, that was the best.
2: Yeah, it was like a, uh, a four-year-old mocking somebody, like, I- I'm going to say everything you're saying and mirror you, and... <laughs> He's lucky that Sammy Callahan didn't beat him up. Um, We did get the uh, explanation on why Moose turned. Apparently, he's mad Eddie Edwards didn't visit him in the hospital.
1: That's a weak (laughs) excuse. It's so weak.
2: (laughs) It was. And then uh, Tessa Blanchard defends against Sue Young. Uh, Look good again.
1: Yep, I'm glad she's champ. She's uh, a really good champion so far and holding the belt really well.
2: Now we'll turn our attention to the WWE programming over the last couple weeks and the the couple big storylines. Uh, Braun Strowman seemingly having an alliance now with Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre and The Shield coming back together. Um, let's get your opinions on first The Shield coming back together. I think we're both kind of in agreement on this.
1: I'm not a huge fan of The Shield being back together, and I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I think it's the same old, same old. It's not really exciting to me. And, obviously, they're trying to get Roman Reigns over with the naysayers, you know, the people who aren't huge fans of him already. So, I don't know. Mm, I guess it's a means to an end for them.
2: Well, look, I was a fan of the, the Shield the first time around, but, no, I'm not a fan of this. And it, it is a transparent attempt to get Roman over. Then, to take it even farther, you know, you put Braun with Drew and, and Dolph, and it, and they're trying to make him back into a heel, that's not going to work because he's so over with the crowd. It doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Braun Strowman, so turning him heel doesn't seem to make much sense to me. Why? He's so organically over. Why would you try to force something like that? I don't know. It's just such, like you said, a blatant attempt to try to make Roman so popular.
2: Well, yeah, especially going into this Hell in a Cell match, uh, which I was going to get to anyways. How do you feel about them going against each other in Hell in a Cell? Uh, doesn't seem like it fits them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd rather see AJ Styles and Samoa Joe in Hell in a Cell.
2: Yeah, that seems like the the match that is perfect for it.
1: Yeah, so what <laughs> the heck? Why are we getting Roman and Braun?
2: Uh, I
1: mean, maybe they're going to have Braun do something fun off the top or something? I'm,
2: I'm guessing, but still. I, they, they just don't seem like they fit that. Um, now, the other one, Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton, which, by the way, two great video packages— Another thing that we always talk about with WWE, really good package with Jeff Hardy leading up to that. I think that's going to be a good Hell in a Cell, but like you said, I think AJ Styles and Samoa Joe could have been the other one. I'm surprised. You know, I thought maybe the Becky Lynch-Charlotte thing could be if they were going to do a women's Hell in a Cell, which I guess they're not going to. And then finally, uh, the, the great promo between The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. It was such a great old-school type of promo with the two legends in the ring.
1: Yeah, definitely. Once you got past, like, Shawn Michaels plugging (laughs) his stuff, like his shirt, and then the network, and then blah. Like, once you got past that, it was amazing. Seeing them together in the ring kind of made you wonder, you know, is there going to be, like, a rematch some kind of way? Where maybe Michaels is the true guy to retire Undertaker? It almost was like they were teasing that or something.
2: Yeah, or that, like like Shawn michaels was going to be inserted in and make it a triple threat or something
1: or maybe he'll be involved like just appear and interfere in the match (laughs) i don't know but it seemed like more than just a straightforward promo to me
2: yeah and he did say he was going to be in melbourne so who knows (laughs) Mm, Uh, that's for that super showdown at the beginning of october finally uh raw comes to our town next week uh in new orleans and he, we always seem to get the Raw or the SmackDown right before pay-per-view, which generally is not a great show. Uh, but this one's actually kind of sh- sh- shaking out. Like, it could be decent. Triple H is making an appearance. Uh, Mick Foley is going to make an appearance. Can't wait
1: to see him. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, six-man tag, it looks like. The Shield versus Dolph, Drew, and uh, Braun should be decent. Ronda Rousey's going to be in action. But the important thing to take from this is if you're in New Orleans and you're going to the show uh make sure you join us after the show we're gonna have a little uh post party where we'll meet and greet give you some giveaways uh we're gonna take your questions for future episodes
1: live at the venue
2: yep and we uh and we uh may do a little wrap-up video as well uh just from there with our thoughts on that raw it's going to be at old saint which is in the french quarter uh so make sure you join us there uh we'll head over there right after the show we'll get from the Smoothie King Center. End of the quarter to Old Saint, and uh, we hope you'll join us there.
1: Should be a lot of fun, you know, a chance to win one of our posters, a chance to interact with us, but more importantly, a chance to be on the show with your own voice. We're not going to be reading your questions, you're going to be saying your questions. How fun is that? And have some beer, some delicious St. Arnold beer. What could be better?
2: Yeah, and they've got quite a few of them on tap at Old Saint, uh, as I can attest. And I
1: can attest (laughs) that a lawnmower on tap is flipping amazing. I mean... Let me just say this. <laughs> having a lawnmower on draft is the reason why I didn't finish Raw <laughs> or SmackDown this week because I fell asleep after having two. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, um, we, we hope you'll join us for that, and we hope you'll join us for our next segment. It's our Heads and Tails segment, and it's going to be an extended uh, interview with David Lagana that Kelsey conducted at StarCast, so come right back here on Two-Face Wrestling Talk. St. Arnold Brewing Company, located in Houston, is Texas' oldest craft brewery. Their goal is to brew world-class beers and deliver them to their customers as fresh as possible, making them the best beers in Texas and Louisiana. Their customers are beer lovers, people that appreciate great, full-flavored beers. So whether you're enjoying an art car IPA or a smooth-drinking lawnmower, look for St. Arnold beers throughout Louisiana and Texas.
1: Our awesome wrestling logo is by artist Eric Hodson. You could check him out at erichodson.storenvy.com where he has tons of other wrestling artwork. He really is an incredible artist. His Twitter handle is at Dreaded Dinosaur, which is named after his comic series, The Dreaded Dinosaur Man, which you can find on webtoons.com. Just search for The Dreaded Dinosaur Man and you can read it for free. Thanks, Eric. We really love your logo. Welcome back to Two Faced Wrestling Talk, and now it's time for our extended discussion that we have, you know, every now and then. Heads and tails. I'm so excited this week to bring you guys my extended interview with David Lagana. If you don't know who David Lagana is, he's the vice president of NWA. He's working hand-in-hand with Billy Corgan. He also does all the production and editing for NWA's YouTube channel, as well as all the videos that have been on Cody Rhodes' YouTube channel, as we alluded to earlier. Very talented guy. I'll talk more about, you know, he actually had another interview on Taz's show on his podcast this week. I'll talk about stuff I've learned from listening to that show. But he talked about a lot of what happened at All In, In our interview that we were able to conduct with him, and this was the day after All In, so it was like breaking it down right after it happened, talking about the emotions, and he got really emotional. He's such a genuine guy, and I can't say how lucky we were to talk to him and how I've been lucky to talk back and forth with him, and he's really sweet. You can approach him. He gives anybody who wants advice, advice, and that's something that's very rare in the wrestling business this day and age, so please, I hope you enjoy As much as I enjoyed talking to him, I hope you enjoy listening to my interview with David Lagana i'm here with david lagana and oh my gosh he's the man behind the nwa youtube series ten pounds of gold he's working hand in hand with billy corgan you guys have done something great with the nwa in less than a year things are moving we had a big change last night a title change talk about this whole journey from start to where we are now
0: um this last year has really been a commitment to creating something different and you know you and i've talked a lot about creating your own content and all this stuff a lot of people were like oh the nwa means nothing without a television deal and really i think this year is about proving a point that you can do anything and the fact that cody and the bucks uh put us on this stage with them based around the same content idea you know this show was sold on being the elite ring of honor definitely helps they're under contract to ring of honor you know cody is not under an nwa contract we have an agreement. as everybody that ever wrestles for the nwa title there's an agreement going in if we decide or you decide or you win the championship you have a commitment to carry on the legacy and if you disgrace that legacy you you will disgrace yourself so cody understands that you know everybody that's wrestled for the belt i said you may have to pick up the schedule if it takes off cabana knew that james ellsworth knew that crimson everybody that's wrestled for the title in the last year understands the value of that title and i think that's what the content we've created
1: definitely and You know, the feeling in in the building last night when Cody won, just talk about that because I think something that you've done very well in the 10 Pounds of Gold series is build the emotion around that match. And going in, he looked so emotional, and you conveyed that too in a few episodes leading into the match. Just talk about the whole thing.
0: I'll talk about a moment that happened before that I think – and I texted Nick Aldis this morning about it. Like, again, a year ago, you know, when I reached out to Nick – we didn't know what we were going to do with this this far. But, you know, the work that everybody put in from Nick to Tim Storm, like I'm so happy that Tim Storm was able to come. Like, you know, Nick said, hey, what if we bring Tim? And I was like, he deserves it. He deserves to walk out on that stage because we wouldn't have been here without Tim believing in us. Nick believed. Everybody that, that was Sam Shaw, like Sam Shaw was the voiceover guy. We, we call him Sam, uh, Tim Storm's voice because he was – a decision was made to make him the voice – of Tim Storm moving forward uh, as far as the series. Now, we haven't used Sam because Sam has a relationship with Nick, and it would feel weird. So, like, the, everybody that walked out that was involved, Jeff Jarrett's promoting our 70th anniversary show, and obviously a big part of not only Nick's career but my career. I wouldn't have went to TNA if it wasn't for Jeff Jarrett. So, like, everybody that walked out, Davari's best friends with Nick, everybody that was emotionally attached. So the moment that I was, I don't say proudest, but the moment that I felt the most was was a culmination of everybody's work including Cody and Nick and Matt was when they walked out we had the big fight feel we had a plan our plan was to make you care about that match and when they were standing there and and the crowd was going insane, that to me was everything after that it's just gravy. you know what I mean like after that you know Cody winning was the easy moment to get to anybody could have done that moment at any time as far as and you would have had the emotion. but the fact that everything stacked to it and how it made him feel, and I, I I talked to him this morning, and I don't even think he really processed it because he had so much else going on in his mind. His show, making sure this person got paid, making sure this person had a hotel room. That it hasn't really sunk in. Even this morning, it hadn't. He showed me the belt, and it had blood on it. And he was even like, he's like, I'm sorry. I you know, he he has such respect for that belt. He's like, I'm sorry, I bled on the belt. And like 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 that shows the power of that title. Billy, Billy's decision to do this, and and you know from everybody that, that was a part of it, like, it's just, it comes through with, like, when they see that title, and now, you know, Cody is elevating it, just like Nick did, and, and we're committed to Nick, and, you know, he's a part of the company moving forward, obviously, he's, um, I think he's disappointed, you know, like, every, everybody, I think everybody doesn't like to lose, and, but this isn't a loss for anybody, you know what I mean, and he got elevated in this position, and just like we did, we were, I don't like using the term uh, Island of Misfit Toys because that's what people said about ECW, but we're, we're a group of guys that had a lot to prove, including Nick, Mac, and Cody. We're, we're these two separate camps that came together with very little ego to do this. And so for Cody to win, like, and I wrote this long thing I put on my Instagram today about what Dusty meant to me and my family and the respect. And I talked to uh, his wife, Michelle, today and just thanked her for how much the family made me feel comfortable over the last 10 years. So, like, this, like for me, that's the moment that's important.
1: I mean, it's just so cool because you don't often see, like, the people behind the scenes that invested. It just, everything about this is so special and, I mean, I hate to keep using the word historic, but it really is true what you've done, I mean, and what everyone involved has done, it's just something that I don't think has been done in the recent past. And, you know, you mentioned Cody's family. Talk about following Cody, because you also worked on All Us, Mm -hmm. on Cody's YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Talk about working with him on that and how that's been.
0: Yeah, Cody, um, he's a cowboy, you know, I mean, like his father. And what I found with a lot of wrestlers, and I've given you this advice, you can't create enough. You know, people want to People want to be involved. Even my crazy Adam Rotella. He's a insane pants, I call him, because he he has a different personality. But it's working. Like, he had the best time here because he get to meet people. And, like, that's what this is about. Like, when I worked at WWE for six years, I was a faceless ni- – well, I had a name. But people would write about me on websites, but they would never talk to me about it, and I couldn't talk back. Now I can talk. Like, you and I have talked for, I think, six or eight months, and, like, I made sure I wanted to do this interview with you because you have done something really amazing. And I've invested in you and your channel because I believe it's worth it. And you're, you're doing great stuff. Like for, for me, investing in Cody was easy. His father invested in me and said, I want to ride with you because everybody else drives me insane and you drive me insane the, less, the least. So like to be able to like spend time with him and learn, but also just like a friendship. And like that to me, I would do anything for Cody just like i do anything for Nick or Billy. Like anybody that commits to somebody without an ask of money, and that thing I think while yes this was a, a commercial success you know this event the bucks they just want they they they've built this fan base not around money but about support and good energy and that show was such good energy the the one comparison I can give is the first ECW 1 night stand like that's the closest and I don't know which one's better I worked on both and I was at both this one obviously had a different energy as far as what what the NWA title was doing but like it was all about energy. So doing Cody's YouTube was easy, and it, and the format was different. It was you know easier for me to produce, but also allowed him to just talk. And I wish the Bucks could have been more involved, but I just it just happened that I was more with Cody on certain days. But none of it was written. You know the first the first one with Cody and the Bucks, they're like, "What are we doing?" I said, "Just talk to me. Just tell me how you're feeling." And like we just ask questions, and, and they laid it all out. And I think there's nothing wrong with being transparent. And and we termed this phrase right after Nick won the title of the Authentic Era, and it. Had, I said it on Busted Open on September or December 9th or 10th where this is the authentic era, and it played out last night, and that was eight, nine months ago.
1: First, thank you for supporting me. Like This interview means so much, and our talks have meant so much to me. So thank you, first off, for that. Like It's been invaluable to me. But secondly, like let's uh, examine a little further your relationship with Dusty, um, specifically go- going back to uh, NWA's... YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. the dream versus reality video, that was really special and really emotional. And like watching it, you know, I teared up. Mm -hmm. Like, just talk about kind of examining their relationship, Dusty and Cody, but also Brandy had a really big part in that um, episode too. I thought that was really heartfelt and awesome. Just anything you have to say about the making of that and how emotional that was for you?
0: You know, we call it, I don't want to call it the Dusty card, but it's the easiest card to play in the deck. And it was important. Three things in an episode are very important. Obviously, Dusty was important, but also Nick Aldis was important. Like, like, like Nick, did, Nick came and brought everything in this story. And, you know, to make sure he, the best part is reading the comments after. I don't know if you read your comments after you post a video. And, like, like I love engaging with people. And the best is, is there was a guy yesterday um, who was like, Dave Meltzer shouldn't have been in your video. I said, why? I said, why should you exclude him? Well, they excluded this person, that person. I was like... Cool, go make something. You know, go make something, and, and but don't comment on somebody else's. So, like, to me, seeing how people commented on Nick and like, I don't know who should win. Like, that was exactly what we're going for. So, for for that, that was the dream versus reality. Because the reality is, is if Nick won, it's a much different story, but is equally as interesting story. But Brandy is amazing. I don't know if you've, anyone who's ever spent time with Brandy and and Cody's description of her as Spock, like that's their relationship. And you know, I've spent a lot of time with them. You know. Um, right when he left WWE and he made the list, I went. I went to their house and with no misgivings, um, I wanted him. I'd, he was interested in coming to TNA, but that's not why I went. I actually went to sit with him just to see. Hey, like, listen. He had a gift for me. Like, basically, the dusty guys got a gift, and it was a. It was this knife. That, he had these pocket knives that he had kept and, and all that stuff, and it meant the world that he gave it to me. But I said, hey, listen. I said, your list. I'd love to document it, and then this was this was before I did 30 days with Billy and I said, I don't know what it is. I said, I don't want to do a documentary. We try and sell. I want to do a documentary every week and, and put it out. And, you know, at the time he was trying to figure out what he was going to do. And then he came to TNA and then all of the TNA stuff happened. So we got distracted. And then, so, you know, as we move forward, Billy always made sure said, Hey, let Cody know what we're doing. So he's, he's involved, especially when we got the NWA, his father's legacy. So, you know, and Brandy's a part of that. Like, like, A strong couple like that, I always make sure to try and include Brandy in every sort of business and family discussion. Like, when I went and did that interview, we sat and talked. I'm like, tell me what you want to get out of this. And to me, I interviewed them separately, and I didn't let them listen to each other's interviews. And to hear how Cody felt about her, like, it it was part of the story. And she was a huge part of the match, you know. And, And it's interesting to listen to people's feedback on the match who didn't watch the video against those who did. You know, she was genuinely concerned about her husband and why she jumped in the ring. The people chanting "asshole" at, Co- at Nick when he dropped the elbow was based upon the emotion of knowing that it was his wife. Not if, if anybody else would have jumped in there, I don't think they would have had the emotional attachment. And it was such a beautiful story all the way around. And when I talked to Cody this morning, we didn't really talk about his dad. Like, like it, like it didn't come up. Like that he thought about him. And I think that's really important because, as much as this was for Dusty, it was for all of us moving forward and Dusty wouldn't want it about him like this move, mo- moment moving forward like this is about Cody's time as the NWA world's champion a, a sentence that did not exist a year ago as an idea and you know that's important that we've created something out of nothing and it really should be a message to everybody that you can create something out of nothing you know like everybody can create a YouTube channel and create something different like I had a podcast in 2011 everyone's like give me you your podcast back I'm like no there's six million four hundred twenty-two podcasts that review raw every week. Why do exactly that? So we're doing something different, and, and reality is Cody is champion. It's going to be something different, and it's a story, and, and we are looking forward to telling it.
1: I've been enjoying watching the story unfold, but like as you said, you know, it's we're moving forward as well. So let's talk about moving forward and the 70th anniversary show. You know what's in the works for that, and how that's is that? That's a really the- <laughs> good question.
0: I wish I knew. Um, no, it's. Uh, I was actually just talking to a few talents. Like, oh, uh, what are you doing? I said, that's next week's problem, uh, and that's a really good problem to have. Like, we have a, we have a we have an idea, but in reality, there's a lot before it. You know, um, you know, Nick and I. Nick Aldis is going to make his first public appearance in the UK at MediaCon on Saturday. That'll be broadcast on Fight uh, and for everybody in the UK. We're really excited to do that. And then uh, we're hoping to get Cody's first public appearance with the title, you know, beyond what he's doing here, but as far as sort of his mission statement moving forward in the next week or so. And the story will play out just like everything we, like, Like was like, oh, when are you guys going to have TV? We have TV. We're able to pump something out every minute of every day if we want. So it's going to evolve. But we hope to, uh, I think we don't have the same high hopes of all in. I think we just want to kind of, continue the energy forward and it was really cool at the press conference they played the uh the trailer and people were genuinely seemingly excited about this show and you know I have people reach out and say oh I, I want I want to come to the show and I'd love you guys to come too and I know it's a little bit of a drive if you want to come but you know I'd love to have you guys as guests you know like it just means a lot to Billy and I that people like care and uh it's, that's what it is like people care about this brand again and that just means the world because for many years people abused it they're like, oh, and I'm gonna an end up. It's amazing to read all these this feedback. Oh, when I was working on, it, I was so like, yeah. But everyone was sort of selfish about it. This is this brand is about everybody, and it's it's just really cool to have it back in the world.
1: It really is, and you know, let's just talk about quickly. I don't want to forget Billy and Nick too, oh, yeah, yeah. because creating the brand again, like you know, making it relevant again. I mean, I hate to say that it was irrelevant, but it, like you said, people were abusing it, and it wasn't the way it used to be. But now I feel like we're getting back to that, and Nick and Billy, such a huge part of that. Just talk about working with both of them.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll start with Nick. Uh, you know, my relationship with Nick goes all the way back to TNA. Uh, it's funny, if you go back in the TNA archives, uh, I did these sit-down interviews with Nick when he won the Impact Championship. Uh, and they're very eerily similar to this. And, um, you know, we always sort of got along. but We were texting this morning. We're the two most awkward people with each other because it's, you know, it's dudes, you know what I mean? It's hard for dudes to kind of communicate on a certain level. But he had something to prove. You know, he was out of the business. He was out. And I called him and said, well, what are you into? And we had a long chat. And, he, and he's like, big fight feel UFC. That happened last night. And as much as it's Cody's vision, it was Nick's and and it was funny story wise like they didn't they didn't really know each other before this and now like Cody said it, I don't know if I made the video like I think we'd be friends you know they're very similar and so like for everyone's shared vision to come together and Nick was a driving force like you know he came in to put Tim over like that was the that was the ask and then he over-delivered and understood the story of making Tim and then going forward and he is cari- like Billy said he took it out of the muck like he he is that role and everyone does something different for the business and Nick has a Nick's Nick's a top guy now and the fact that for years people didn't see it for Billy and I meant the world to give him this platform to basically write his own check moving forward now he's exclusive to the NWA but we're open to working with anybody and as far as Billy like I could sit and talk for three hours about our story and, and how we got here but his commitment to the wrestling business and the guys and to give people a platform a lot of people see him for his celebrity or his money, but the passion he has for it. And anybody who spends time with him and talks wrestling understands how much he really enjoys and loves his business. He's on tour right now. Like He was in San Diego last night. Uh, He was able to see enough of the match to understand the value. And and we use a a program to kind of all group chat. And he had all these ideas and he was so excited and so happy for everybody. And this helps prove that we can do whatever we want, and we don't need anybody else. And I think that's what's interesting. When you, when you go for the money only, it's like some people did with him, they don't understand the opportunity. And, you know, there's a lot of disappointment as far as what we could have done with TNA from 2016 on, but that for us ended November whatever day that we walked away, and, you know, we wish them the best of luck, and we've gone forward with what we have. And it may be on a much smaller scale, and everyone's like, oh, but what about this? I could do exactly what we're doing now for the rest of our lives, and he and I would be very happy because we have full control. And if you don't have institutional control over your product, it becomes chaos. And you see it in many places where the inmates run the asylum. Like, we're a team, and the team will only expand by people that want to be on the team, not out for themselves. And that's that's sort of what Billy's point is on this whole thing.
1: Yeah, Billy, he's had some of the best, like interview bites on your youtube series just such a great mind for the business that comes off so obvious and i just want to thank him and you for what you've done building this brand up because it's so enjoyable as a fan to watch this unfold it's like it's really special i hate to keep overusing that word but it's true
0: it's 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 genuine you know what i mean i didn't reach out to you other than i thought you had something fun and different my friend who you met last she goes she's so cute and lovable and like all that stuff like it's important that people that have a passion for the business tell it and not feel talked down to. Like, it drives me insane when people talk down to each other on Twitter. And, like, I always sort of match energy. If you're a dick, you're going to get treated like a dick back. And, like, if you're snarky, and, like, why? Like, we can all be nice. We can have a discussion, but, like, like it's, like, we want to push something different, and we'll work with anybody that wants to work in positive in the business to help everybody. And that's what I think we're doing.
1: Yeah, and I thank you for that. And I just can't wait to see what's going to happen going forward. I do. I'd love to
0: know. But no, but that, and that's the part. Like, we, our plan is to always be roll with the punches and always level up. And I think, that, like Nick said, every, every time we level up, and it's just amazing. Like, I can't picture how the level up's going to go next, but every step has been m- one step higher.
1: So, just tell everyone where we can find NWA, where we could find you, and just anything else you want to say.
0: Yeah, uh, everything should be NWA on various socials. So, it's youtube.com backslash NWA. It's the same with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I want to thank Jeremy McPeak, who uh, helped us get all these uh, accounts. Like, Jeremy is like an unsung hero in our world, and we appreciate him because he, he actually produces. Uh, he used to work at the Phoenix Suns, and he's a smart guy. I actually think he's working for the XFL. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but uh, he, <laughs> he is. Uh, and he's just he's, he loves the business. He loves the sports. And like anybody that helps us, we're very appreciative. So like, so everything's uh, NWA on YouTube, and you Google it. And I've, I've had the same email address since 1994, and my Twitter's at Lagana, And it's just I've never shy away from talking to anybody because uh, I enjoy communicating and hearing people's opinions. So th- I appreciate you doing this with me. I really do.
1: I appreciate it, really. Thank you so much, David. I appreciate your time.
2: So that was a great interview, a uh, lot of good information. And look, this guy has forgotten more about the wrestling business than we've ever known. I mean, he's, he, you know, I, I thought the most poignant part of that interview was comparing All In to the ECW one-night stand. I thought, uh, you know, that showed how big All In was and uh, as far as the emotion, and uh, he would know.
1: Going even further past that comparison, I think another great, Part of the interview is where he said that you know the the ending was easy getting that pop when cody won you know that could have happened no matter what but getting the pop at the beginning the crowd going wild with them just standing in the ring at the beginning that was the hard part and how he did that was the nwa youtube channel and building that story like we've been talking about this whole episode and i keep reiterating it because it's true not everybody can build up a story without a television deal. Right. They did that successfully, and that's important. Content creation on YouTube is such a big thing, and that's something that Lagana has preached over and over again, with you know his talks with me personally, but also in his other interviews. And he actually was recently on, like I said, the Taz show, and that is a fascinating interview. He talked about how he kind of. Retaught himself how to edit when he was back at TNA. He started basically shooting and editing again. And so he does this project all by himself. It's a very passionate project that he's taken upon himself. And Corgan, also, Billy Corgan, who is working side by side with Lagana, they're building this brand up from nothing. As we said in the interview, it was kind of tarnished and it was tossed aside and forgotten about. And now they're trying to, you know, take an old school brand but give it like new school. Values and he said that in his interview with Taz I think something awesome about the interview That he had with Taz is their Rapport you could totally tell that they've worked Very closely together from their time Working on Smackdown which they were Really integral parts of the Writing staff of that So kind of cool to hear their stories Their inside jokes and you know Lagana talks about Dusty like he did in our interview He actually kind of repeated some of the stuff he said About in our interview with us But we had it first it's Kind of cool part <laughs> So, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. I think it was kind of um, some really interesting things that you won't get anywhere else.
2: Yeah, and uh, hopefully you will get a chance to uh, be up at the 70th anniversary show up in Nashville, Tennessee. That's coming up at the end of October, and there's a, at least uh, some hope that you might be up there covering it.
1: I hope so. That's, you know, that's what I'm really dreaming for and hoping for. I think it's going to be a historic event. You know, even Lagana said not, like, on the same scale as All In, but it's still going to be important for them and for their brand, and I think Cody's still going to be champion by then. Yeah. It's not that far away. Yep. So that'll be exciting to see, you know, who he's going to face.
2: Yep. Wish I could be there, but I will be in Baltimore with uh, the New Orleans Saints, Saints that night or mm-hmm. that that weekend. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to miss out on that one because that's going to be, I think, a really epic
1: show. Yeah, because, you know, since they've rebranded and kind of did this resurgence of the NWA, they haven't run shows. Right. They've just been doing their stuff through YouTube and through other means. This is like their first show like at a physical location, so I think it's going to be special.
2: Be interesting to see what legends come back, former title holders, and all that for that show. It'll be awesome.
1: And how they build up the story on NWA's YouTube channel, and uh, how they talk about it on Ten Pounds of Gold.
2: So uh, good stuff uh, from David Lagana, and uh, thank you again to him to meet us literally twelve hours after Cody had won the title and and gave us some great insight into it.
1: And we were the only video interview he did that whole weekend. So thank you for that. That was really. Kind of epic, I think, in my mind.
2: One thing you may have noticed, no questions this week because we had the extended interviews. We wanted to get all that in because it was so timely. But remember, next week, get your questions in. Use the hashtag AskTwoFaced. And also on our uh, Twitter page, you will be uh, posting a future pop and wrestling connection uh, that we kind of hinted at at uh, StarCast. You want to tell everybody about that?
1: Yeah, I said to choose which wrestlers would be in a boy band. Yes. So, you know, if you've watched golf at all, they have the Golf Boys, where these, you know, golfers kind of dill a little boy band spoof. So kind of like that. Like, pick your wrestlers that would be in your version of a boy band. So you've got, like, the cool guy, the, quote, cute guy. Um, and I say the cool guy, I mean, like, the rebel. Like, if you like the Backstreet Boys, AJ was, like, the rebel. Oh,
2: you don't have to tell me.
1: <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> or I was an NSYNC fan, so, you know... Um, sync, they had, like, you know, the cool guy. I mean, I don't even know who the cool guy was, but everyone thought the cute guy was Justin Timberlake, and okay. I don't know.
2: <laughs> I think, I think uh, they're all pretty much five similar guys. I don't <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> they all have
1: different personalities and fill different roles. Like a wrestler in a match, they have certain roles they're playing, you know, in a boy band, same thing. And actually, you know, it would be easy to pick Marty Skrull. That's a little teaser. You could easily choose that, but try to think outside the box and say why you choose who you choose to be in your boy band.
2: All right. Well, be be on the lookout for that, and make sure you get your submissions in for that and for our question segment next week, and hopefully we're going to have a bunch of questions after uh, Raw at at our meet and greet at Old Saint in New Orleans. But now it's time to close out the show and send them home, and I guess I'll start first. We've talked in glowing terms about All In, but we can't, you know, pretend that everything was perfect. On You
1: can't. You, know, <laughs> you must no, address no, it. No,
2: no. I think it's only fair to to talk about, you know, there were things that didn't go well. You're right. Um, Starcast, StarCast. Starting with that. Um, let's just say we didn't get everything we were led to believe we were going to get. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, we were hoping to get more interviews on Podcast Row. That didn't end up happening. Um, but we, on the flip side, we got great exposure. The, you know, the all-in show had some technical issues. Um, if you were at the show, I don't have to tell you, the merchandise line was ridiculous. A half hour into the show, the line went the entire length of the concourse. So while it was by all accounts, an amazing show and an amazing weekend. And I give them a pass because it's the first time I'm doing anything. I think there's hope that it's going to go even better and smoother next year. Um, I'm hoping that the, the StarCast people, we would love to be on StarCast next year, but at the same time, hopefully they, you know, give us a discount for being a part of it this year. And, and maybe as a make good for the things they, did, they didn't give us this year. Um
1: cuz I love the guys putting it on. Yeah. Like Dave Hancock, such a hard working guy. He was so busy. Yeah. But you know, they we just, just wish, didn't have
2: enough people assigned.
1: Right, to yeah. help out and to help, you know, wrangle wrestlers to bring to podcast row because they said, "Yeah, you're going to get interviews." Okay. And they said, "Okay, you're free to try to get them on your own." But it was hard to do that.
2: Not yeah, when we're trying to meet people, you know, so uh Derek tried to help us out a little bit. He did get us DDP. So again, this is not a blasting or anything. No. It's just we didn't get all that we were promised. I know in talking to other podcasters, they weren't happy about it. So let's hope the second all in with the second StarCast is going to be better. Hopefully, at the next all in, they'll have two merchandise tables, maybe one on each side of the arena, so people don't miss a third of the show trying to get merch. Uh, I will say there was a good beer selection there, so that was great. <laughs> Our buddy Chad can attest to
1: that. <laughs> He had like 12 beers. <laughs> Check out View from the Top Rope on Twitter, at View from Top Rope. I actually was a guest on their podcast. We had a lot of fun. We uh, played either or, this or that, whatever you want to call it. You could literally call it either or, just like <laughs> the game, uh, we, where I chose one or the other type of thing, including which boy band I prefer between Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Spoiler, that was one of the questions they asked.
2: So... I would say if I'm giving the weekend a rating of everything, I'll give it a nine. Uh, You know, just for the few things that didn't go well, but for the most part, it went pretty well, and uh, it was a fun weekend in Chicago. Your first time in Chicago, but uh, what do you got to close out the show?
1: So before I get to my closing out the show, I just want to quickly address some of the things you talked about. I think they could easily rectify what happened with Podcast Row and the lack of interviews by doing something similar to what like Ring of Honor would do with actual media, because we were a part of the media at Supercard of Honor, and it was amazing. So you go in this room with other people who are a part of the media, and they just bring wrestlers in when they can get them, and the wrestlers just go... You know, they go to everybody in the room and do the rounds, basically. They could do something very similar with Podcast Row people. And they could still put us, you know, at tables on the, quote, row, like a different day, but have a distinguished day. Or even, like, you know, before Podcast Row starts or before StarCast even begins that day, like an hour before, before the wrestlers are worried about selling their stuff— do the thing with the room, like I talked about, like they actually do with media.
2: Yeah, set aside a ballroom, let us all in there for an hour and a half, say 90 minutes to all the wrestlers. This will be the only time you have to do anything. Just make yourself available. Nobody gets more than seven, eight minutes with each person, so everybody doesn't get hocked, and so that would work.
1: Yeah, I just I think that would be super simple solution, and I hope to see something like that implemented next year because I'd love to be a part of it again. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I have nothing but respect, And love for the people putting it on. But, you know, there could always be improvements. Heck, if I was running an event, I'm sure there's things I could have done better if it was the first time. That is true. Uh, But I'll say you kind of rated the whole weekend. I'm going to rate All In as a 10 because that was something I'll never forget for my whole life. Something truly I am honored to say I was there, to witness. It was literally a part of history that will always know we were there for the first one, if there are more than one. But so will
2: be. I hope so,
1: because I'd be looking forward to another one. And for my closing out the show, I just want to plug again all the wonderful people we interviewed. I want to thank James Muscle White, which you heard from earlier in our show, but also you didn't hear from Eric Hudson. My interview with him is on Wrestling Inc.'s YouTube channel. Please check that out. He's so talented. I can't sing his praises enough. And, you know, making that custom piece of art for us... I don't know. I'm so grateful
2: and t- and other exclusive artwork for Starcast. I yeah. mean, he did some amazing stuff. The Marty Skrull uh, lounge singer looking thing was great.
1: Yeah, for the karaoke, that was an awesome piece of art. And then I also want to plug my interview with Dylan Spears, who worked on you know some of the elite remixes. He did a Marty Skrull remix. That's on my own YouTube channel, Super Kicking It with Kelsey. You could also kind of find a link to that on my Twitter at Super Kicking It with a G. -G S-U-P-E-R-K-I-C-K-I-N-G-I-T. Please check that out. Dylan was so nice, and he was a part of the jam session with Papa Buck. So I love talking to him. Super nice guy. And actually, we'll be releasing an interview with Ron Funches soon as well. Also, again, like I said, my friends, View From The Top Rope, I was on their podcast. We talked about... All In and What We Were Looking Forward To. That was right before the show, so check that out.
2: And don't forget MJF crashing our table, too. Oh,
1: yes, I forgot about that. I'm actually going to put that up on Patreon for my patron members.
2: Yeah, and that's some funny stuff. Uh, He was... It w- That was not a straightforward interview. That was complete shoot the whole way. Yeah, it was <laughs> funny.
1: I love that guy. He's very, very charismatic, and he's going to go far. I loved his match, by the way, as well. So that'll do it for us for this edition of Two-Face Wrestling Talk. Thanks so much for listening and or watching if you're checking us out on YouTube.
2: And remember, if you're in New Orleans for Raw, make sure you join us at Ol Saint. Monday night, right after Raw, we'll be there. We'll take your questions. We'll throw back a couple St. Arnold's and have a good time.
1: Yep, can't wait. Hope to see you there if you're in New Orleans. And thanks to all you guys listening or watching at home. That's the finish.